1: Great, come with me to Philippians chapter two, verse five. Philippians chapter two, verse five. That has been our anchor text, we will be reading it again and again because it's a foundational text that this series is based on. He said, "You must have the same attitude that cried Jesus had. Have the same attitude that cried Jesus had." And then in verse number nine to eleven, he tells us the result of this attitude. He takes verse six to. 8 to describe the nature of the attitude Christ had. And then verse 9, he tells us what that attitude led to or the product or the end result that attitude gave. The Bible said, therefore, God also, I've taught you again and again, that when you see therefore, you want to ask what is it therefore? Because of the attitude that Christ demonstrated, therefore, God also had highly exalted him and given him a name that is above all. Every name that are the name of Jesus, every knee bows. That's where our title, Attitudes for Altitude, is coming from. God exalted Christ not because he was the Son of God, God exalted Christ because he adopted an attitude. You know, one of the reasons why Jesus came was to show us how God really is. And then he also came to live a life to show us the possibility of living a life with God in the inside of you. When he came, he was the fullness of the, he had the fullness of the Godhead bodily. But he laid it aside and took on a human nature to show us. How a human being can operate with the power and the supernatural abilities of God. So, when he came on earth as God, he is all powerful. But as man, he needed to be anointed. So, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And everything he did was as a result of the anointing of the Holy Ghost that was upon him. So, in the natural, when we look at the incarnation of Jesus' earthly life, it teaches us a lot. And one of the things the incarnation of Jesus teaches us is the power of a positive attitude. Jesus rose from a place where he was born in a manger until he became a person whose name is celebrated around the world. There's no year where people, even those who are pagans, will still celebrate Christmas. Why? Because Jesus has been given a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus Every knee bows, every tongue confesses. He's so highly elevated because of the attitude of humility, the attitude of submission, the attitude of service that Christ embraced. What kind of attitude do you have? Is it an attitude that is advancing you or stagnating you? Is that attitude helping you to make progress? Or is that attitude taking you backwards? That is the focus of this teaching. It's designed to help you develop the right attitude in order to be able to become the person God has ordained you to become. I say that what makes people in life is not just their aptitude. It's their attitude that determines who they become or how great they become. That's why the power of a positive attitude cannot be taken for granted. And in this teaching, we started by looking at what an attitude is. We said it's a mental attitude. An emotional response to life. Your attitude is a sum total of your words, your thinking, your emotions, all of it. Your posture towards life is what we describe as attitude. Of course, we looked at eight great truths about attitude, the origin of our attitude. We touched on that and then we touched on the power of a positive attitude, the power of attitude. Four great things your attitudes can do for you. We touched on that. And last week in particular, we looked at the question, is your attitude an asset or liability? Is your attitude an asset or liability? And I sought to establish the point that your attitude is either an asset or liability. It's not neutral. That was a point that I wanted you to take it home as your key point. Your attitude is always an asset or liability. It's never neutral is never, never, never neutral. Your attitude is either making a difference for good or making you known for the bad. And I pray that your attitude will make a difference for good. Okay, so we said your attitude can make you or break you. And we looked at six important things you can do in order to make your attitude an asset and not a liability. We established that for your attitude to become an asset and not a liability, You first of all need to accept responsibility for your attitude. The key point, again, it helps you to actually remember, accept responsibility for your attitude. You have to accept responsibility. The blame game is the oldest game people play in life. The oldest game. The oldest game people play in life is the blame game. Adam started it with Eve in the Garden of Eden. You know, the man with one talent, he also played a blame game. He told his boss, You are the reason for my failure. You are the reason for where I am. And there are people who have this negative attitude. This negative attitude where they feel that the things that are happening around them, people are making them feel, people are making them do all kinds of things. And this is what I want you to know that your attitude is your responsibility. Never, never, never. Your attitude will never change for the better until you accept responsibility for it. Your attitude will never change for the better. Please don't forget. Never, never, never forget that point. Your attitude will never change for the better. Your moodiness will not give way for joy. Your your critical spirit will never give way. That attitude where anytime somebody shares a dream with you, a vision with you, the first response is a negative response. You are always pointing people to why their dreams will not work. Instead of being positive and upbeat about it, you are quick. The moment somebody shares a dream with you, it has become your default nature. Negativity has become your default nature. So that's the first response you give to people. That will not change by itself. You need to take steps to make it right. So your attitude will never change unless you take responsibility for it. And then we said you have to do an attitude Audit. Assess your attitude. Check it. Check your attitude. Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. So set the questions. Mark them yourself. Assess your present attitude. Your present attitude. Are you okay with it? Your present attitude to work. Your present attitude to church. Your present attitude to people. Are you okay with it? Your present unforgiving attitude. Are you okay with it? Your present jealous spirit. Are you okay with it? You have to check it, assess your present attitude, and do so in an honest manner. Don't deceive yourselves. The Bible says, if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he's nothing, he deceives himself. Don't think that you are a kind person where you know you make unkind comments about people. Don't think you are generous when you know even 10% given is a difficulty for you. Don't think that you are an honest person where you are very economical with the truth. Tell yourself the truth. Hear me? You can deceive everybody, but at least you don't want to deceive yourself. It's always important. Most of the time when people deceive themselves, they think they are deceiving people. One of those uh, reggae musicians sang the song and said that you can deceive some of the people sometimes, but you can't deceive all the people all of the time. The truth of the matter is that the number one person you can deceive is yourself. That's why you need to tell yourself the truth. And the number one person who needs to know the truth about you is you. Because that way you can advance your life. But if you keep on lying to yourself, you won't go anywhere in life. May you receive the courage and the boldness to confront yourself with the truth. The truth about your character. The truth about how you spend money. The truth about your relationship. Everybody looks like everything is fine, but you know that the relationship is not honoring God. The things that are going on in the relationship is wrong. The way you are handling your husband is wrong. Your attitude towards your husband, your attitude towards the responsibilities as a wife, it's wrong. And you want to confront that honestly. Assess it yourself. And then, of course, we say cultivate the desire to change. You know, the only constant in life is change. The only constant in life is change. I said, a decision not to change will make you die in chains. The only constant in life is change. And a decision not to change in life will make you die in chains. And I know you don't want to die in chains. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes 4.13, He says, better is a poor and a wise child than an old and foolish king. Who will no more be admonished? The Bible says, better is a poor and a wise child than an old and foolish king. Who will no longer be given to change? They are not open to change. They think they know it all. They have arrived. They are the zenith of knowledge. They are the apogee of learning. And so they think they are okay. It's a very dangerous place to be. You have to have the desire. You must be willing and ready to change because change is the only constant in life. Only God does not change. Only God's word does not change. Every other thing changes. The Bible says, we all, when we also behold the word of God, we are changed. You see, positive changes starts with the word of God. That's why I love the word of God and I love teaching the word of God. Because positive changes in life begins when people embrace the word of God. The Bible says, we all, with open faith, beholding us in a glass. The glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory. Even as by the spirit of God. I see you change from glory to glory. I see you move from glory to glory, one level of success to another, one level of honor to another. I see you move from one level of joy to another. You are changed as you expose yourself, your mind, and your spirit to the word of God. And then, of course, number four, we said change your attitude by changing the way you think. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Negative attitude always originates from negative thinking. Negative attitude would always originate from negative thinking. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. He said, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Listen, when you got born again, you became a new person. Even a man being Christ is a new creature. But the reality of the new man will never become your experience in your outer life until your mentality changes. Nobody will experience that Christ is in you. Nobody will experience the supernatural life of God in you until your mindset changes. Negative thinking gives birth to negative beliefs. Negative beliefs gives birth to negative feelings. Negative feelings gives birth to negative decisions. Negative decisions give birth to negative actions, and repeated negative actions gives birth to negative habits, which becomes the basis of a negative attitude. All right? So change your thinking. The Bible says whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are. You have to be intentional about it. Intentional, intentional. That's why you have to check what you are learning. Whatever is entering your two eyes, whatever is entering your two ears is Forming a stronghold in your mind, whether you know it or not. That's why you have to guard them. Your eyes and your ears are gates into your mind, and they need to be guarded jealously. Guard them. The Bible says, "Guard the heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life." And then, of course, you can make your attitude an asset by developing habit. A habit is anything you do repeatedly without thinking about it. That's a habit. A habit is something you do daily. Like, for instance, David, he said, every day I will praise your name, Psalm 145. So it was a habit. David had a lifestyle, a habit of praising God at all times. May that be your habit this month. A habit of saying thank you. A habit of being appreciative of what God, through people do for you. A habit of prayer. Daniel had a habit of prayer. The Bible says when they legislated a law that nobody could pray, it became a challenge for him. When you have something, it's a habit When people want to stop you, it makes you uncomfortable. You begin to feel sick. That's a habit. You have a habit of prayer. And when you have not prayed and you don't feel comfortable, that's a habit. Then, of course, we said that if you are going to make your attitude an asset, the important point is to review your attitude daily. Do the attitude audit daily. Take an attitude test daily. At the end of the day, you want to review your life. And see, this day, today, how has my attitude towards work been? How has my attitude towards my boss been? How has my attitude towards my children been? How has my attitude towards my wife been? This month, how has my attitude towards my marriage been? How has my attitude towards my responsibilities in the home been? You have to look at it. This year, How has my attitude towards God been? How has my attitude towards church been? How has my attitude towards people been? You want to look at it and then take an audit, review it. If it's negative, don't condemn yourself. In Christ, there's no condemnation. Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. There is therefore now no condemnation for them who are in Christ Jesus. So don't do an attitude audit to condemn yourself, but do an attitude audit and let it move you. To call on God for grace. That's what Apostle Paul did. He prayed three times. There was something he was dealing with. He prayed three times. And God told him, my grace is sufficient for you. No matter the negative attitude you have and you are battling with and you think you cannot overcome. I want you to know you can overcome all things. You can do all things through the anointed one who lives in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ living in you gives you power to overcome anything negative and any impossible challenge you are dealing with. So you have what it takes to overcome that attitude. And all you need to do is to go back to God and say, Lord, I have tried what I know I can And I need your grace. And the Bible said he's able to make all grace abound toward you, including the grace to change a negative attitude into a positive attitude. Are you not excited about that? That God is able to make all grace abound, including the grace, to develop a positive attitude. I see you develop a great and a positive attitude. All right? Now, this is just a a recap. Now is the starting of the teaching itself. All the things I've said in the various earlier parts, the, the things we have done in the earlier three parts, they were just introduction. Today we are starting it, and we are beginning it with attitude towards God. And I'm just going to introduce it. Attitude towards God. Attitude towards God. You know, like wisdom, attitude is a principal thing in life. We already established the fact that your attitude determines 85% of your success in life is attitude dependent. 15% is aptitude dependent. In other words, if you are going to succeed in life, in marriage, in business, in ministry, your attitude forms 85%. 15% is your aptitude, that is your skill set, your knowledge, and all of those things. Okay? So we're looking at attitude. We can't talk about attitude. Without starting from where we need to start from, our attitude begins with attitude towards God. Now, look at this. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5 to 7, He said, Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it, not. neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake it not, and he shall preserve thee. Love her, and he shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, Get understanding, get wisdom because it's a principal thing. What I'm saying is that get the right attitude because it's a principal thing. Anything that constitutes 85% is a big deal. It is. It's a big deal. So get the right attitude. You need to get the right attitude. And it all begins with God. And this is where we are starting from Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 to 15. Let's hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. And keep his commandment, for this is the whole duty of man. Now let's look at that from the New Leaven Translation. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter: fear God and keep his commandment, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. Whether it is good or evil. Here the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandment. This is the whole duty of man. Wow. 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 What he's simply saying is that you have to get your attitude towards God right. Because your primary duty on earth is towards God. Fear God and keep his commandments. That's where it started from. Everything begins with God. So, If you are talking about attitude, the principality of all attitude is attitude towards God. That's why I said, like wisdom, attitude towards God is the principal attitude you need in life. I wrote here, I said, your attitude towards God is important because it's the only attitude that has both eternal and earthly consequences. That's the only attitude. That's the only attitude. Your attitude towards God has eternal and earthly consequences. That's why Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 14 says, for God will bring everything to judgment. He's the only one who can bring everything into judgment, including every hidden thing. There are things that you may have done, nobody ever got to know it, but God sees all. The Bible says, all things are open before the eyes of him with whom we have to do. He dwells in an unapproachable light. That's how God is. Your attitude towards God affects your life in the now and it affects your life thereafter. Your attitude towards God affects your life now and affects your life in eternity. Godliness is profitable unto all things. Having the promise of life which now is and of that which is to come. And there are two references from the book of Luke that we are going to use. All right. So Luke chapter 16 verse 19 to 31. I think that's about all we can do today because I'm introducing the subject. And because it's the foundation of all the teaching on attitude, I need you to get it right. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dust came and lit his sores. The poor man died and was carried by angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus at his side. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, child, remember that in your lifetime you receive good things. I like the word, in your lifetime in your lifetime. You received good things. And Lazarus, in like manner, had bad things, but now is comforted and you are in anguish. So these two guys are having a different experience. Their experience in life is different from their experience in death or after life, after death. You know, besides all this, between us and you is a great chasm has been fixed in order that those who would pass from here to there, to from here to you may not be able to and none may cross from there to us. Wow. And he said, then I beg you, Father, send to him my father's house, and for our five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. And he said to him, if they will not hear Moses and the prophets, neither would they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. Wow, this is a very powerful scripture. Every time I read it, I just love the passage. It shows you the two experiences these guys had. They lived and they died. And when they died, their experiences were different based on their attitude towards God. Their destinations were different. Their experiences after death were different. You have to understand that human beings are born to live eternally. All of us are born to live eternally. Life on earth ends in death. Our earthly life. Ends in the grave. Our eternal life continues long beyond the grave. Our earthly life ends in the grave. But our eternal life continues beyond the grave. We are born to live eternally. The question is where you will live. In heaven or in hell. And our attitude influences all of this very much. That's why your attitude towards God is critical. It can influence your life in the now. It can influence your life thereafter. Look and look again, look, Luke chapter 12, verse 15 to 21, and he said to him, "Take care and be on guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions." And he told them a parable saying, "The land of a rich man produced plentifully." And he thought to himself, "What shall I do for I have nowhere to store my crops?" And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, So you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, and be merry. Just like the other man. He was just eating and making merry. Merry man. That's all his life was about. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose would they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. That's an attitude. There are people whose attitude towards God does not make them rich towards him. They are rich in certain things in life, but they are not rich in their relationship with God. Attitude towards God is critical. Attitude towards God is key. Attitude towards God is very, 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 very important. And I really, really trust that you are going to walk with me all through this journey. As we go through, next week we'll be exploring seven reasons why you must develop a right attitude towards God. Seven important reasons why you must develop right attitude towards God. I'm not too sure we'll be able to cover all the seven next week. But I look forward to another exciting episode with you next week. You can't miss it for anything. God, richly bless you. I'm excited you made it and I trust that you've been blessed. This attitude series is one of the series I'm most excited about because a lot of people fail in life, not because they are not gifted, not because they are not talented, not because they are not intelligent, but a lot of people fail in life, largely because of a poor attitude. That's why I'm excited that God, through me, is helping you to develop the right attitude you need to succeed because you are ordained for success. God wired you for success. God doesn't make failures. Everything God made was good and perfect and you were made good and perfect. All you need to do is to cultivate the right attitude and your glorious destiny will manifest fully. I see you walk in your glorious destiny. I see you fulfill your destiny. I see you impart your generation. I see you fulfill God's plan and purpose for your life. So shall it be in your life. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me by my belief i am justified and by my confession i am saved thank you for saving me in jesus precious name amen and amen if you pray that prayer in faith you are a new creation old things have passed away behold all things have become new god bless you we we'll look forward to having you join us again and again we are blessed
0: Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service